I'm Mike. I'm Dave. We have canceled parades and much, much more today on Between the Lines. We're back. We're back. I was telling you, as I was driving up here last week, I uh, was listening to a separate podcast, which I will not name because I'm not trying to give them any. <laughs> yeah, any let's, let's, public- uh, nobody's listening to our podcast. Let's not promote <laughs> other podcasts. But nonetheless, they, they talked a good uh, 20, 20 or 30 minutes about, about uh, butt crack bandits. <laughs> so, you know, for those of you that are experiencing a rash of butt crack bandit uh, crimes, related crimes in your community, you know. Write to us on Between the Lines and let us know about your butt crack bandits. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at PA Between the Lines. You can find us on Twitter at the BTL Podcast. And you can find our contact page at the btlpodcast.com. This is exactly why I joined the, Publer, uh, the, the Plumbers Association of America <laughs> because their motto is crack kills. <laughs> I love it. Nah, anyways. <laughs> so last week we talked about Juneteenth. Yes. Um, and the um, the lead up to what uh, started the Juneteenth celebrations uh, way back in 1865 and 1866. Um, and we kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent on the Civil War. We always have our uh, the left road that we always take uh, that takes us down a rabbit hole. Um, but uh, prior to that, we talked about UAPs, uh, and prior to that, we had an episode on the lab leak theory. So we encourage everyone to go back to our old episodes and check those out, um, and just kind of uh, peruse our entire catalog. Um, we have plenty of episodes out there. Um, we're rounding 80. Uh, we're coming up on 80 separate episodes that mm. we've, we've recorded. Um, obviously, some better than others. Um, there's some, some real um, less than... Uh, stellar recordings out there. But, I think um, our ASMR episode was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> it was just like... Imagine a whole hour of that. It was captivating. It was great. Um, one of the highest rated shows we ever had, actually. Um, so at any rate, uh, we we definitely encourage everyone to go check out those episodes. Yes. Uh, today on Between the Lines, um, we have a kind of a strange story. Kind of a follow-up to what we were talking about last week. Uh, of course, we celebrated Juneteenth yesterday, which again, or not, yeah, not yesterday, last week. Last week. Um, and uh, we we just want to say uh, what a great holiday it was, and we are happy that that has now joined the ranks of other federal holidays throughout Absolutely. the U.S. Absolutely. And uh, we look forward to many upcoming Juneteenth celebrations in the future. That being said, though, uh, a specific town in Illinois, Evanston, Illinois, uh, located just north of Chicago, uh, had three separate planned events uh, for this summer, uh, both being uh, uh, put together, I guess, by different boards, committees, so to speak. And uh, what it ended up happening is that uh, there was a pride parade that's actually scheduled for the 26th, uh, which would have just happened yesterday. Uh, if you look at that base, would that have been yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday, I Saturday. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, the, uh, and then there's the Juneteenth celebration. And then of course the upcoming 4th of July celebration. Now what's interesting about this story, uh, wouldn't be anything interesting at all, except for the fact that of all the ones that they didn't cancel, 
the one that was canceled was the 4th of July celebration. And the reason why this kind of got into the news, because it seems to me, now I don't know what the intentions or what the reasoning was, because of course they don't disclose that uh, to a great degree, except for the fact that they claim that it was due to COVID concerns. Now, you get where I'm, we're, we're naturally just looking at this from the outside in. You'd be like, okay, so I'm okay with Juneteenth. I'm good with Juneteenth. I'm good with the pride nothing celebration. Against the holiday. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the holidays. It's just, you know, why the 4th of July? Why does that suddenly get put on the target? Why does that suddenly get considered for, you know, rejection? And then you've got people in the news now like Macy Gray that – you know, it was given her baloney two cents about, you know, how that the flag oh, needs to be you. canceled. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Theta, <laughs> Threta, Greta, whatever. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's just now I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one and say that, you know, maybe there was a group of people in this body that was planning this that, you know, you know, they emulated or mirrored the the consensus of the people that they were getting feedback from. Okay. That I might be giving them more benefit of the doubt than they should deserve. But at the same time, why 4th of July? Why is the 4th of July suddenly be considered to be on the chopping block? Um, well, I think the answer to that is relatively clear. Um, the United States itself has been under um, an internal attack now for, for years. Um, any Anything considered uh, patriotic or anything of the like is considered... Um, racist yeah. or or along like uh, was it MSNBC or CNN one of their one of their collaborators made a comment that she felt threatened because there were so many people driving around with American flags oh on yeah their, on I their trucks and she was triggered by the American oh, flag um, go live in a closet that's what I'm saying <laughs> it's like this is getting a little bit ridiculous yeah uh, it's getting a little out of hand to where you're triggered by a flag. Yeah. The American flag of all flags, a place where uh, a flag that people in Hong Kong wave because it's an international symbol of liberty and freedom. Um, but, but in the United States, luckily you have the right <laughs> to, to be an idiot. Um, mm. and, and you can, you can Aren't think the, of it. You that, would think that these people would be happy about the fact that we haven't done anything about them yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And we probably won't do anything no. because we actually hold the values yeah, we, that the U.S. stands on is yeah, that everybody it, has is entitled to their exactly, opinion. Exactly. That it's ironic that... A.K.A. grow up. You hate a country that affords you, to liber, affords you the liberty to hate it. Yeah. It's the only place in the world that doesn't punish uh, dissent. You know? Uh, it, it, just, it, it flabbergasts me. Um, every time I hear about this stuff and, and I don't even know why they're, I mean, I, the 4th of July, we know of course that, you know, the 4th of July, aside from what it represents historically, we also know that the symbol of that day, essentially, it's like the second flag day. I would say yeah. there is a flag day, yeah but then, you know, 4th of July is kind of like the follow up to that or like the, yeah. you know, the precursor or the. You know, it's Uncle Sam's birthday for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean, but here's just just for a little bit because most people don't even understand what the flag even represents, like what the colors and oh, the flag yeah. represent. So the red symbolizes strength and valor. They're two horrible things: yeah. strength and valor. Okay, yeah. white represents not a race, no, nope. not a race, no, nope. not a race. 
Not a race. Not a race. It represents purity and innocence. And then the final one, blue, doesn't represent the police, although we support them. <laughs> doesn't represent the police. Nope. It represents vigilance, perseverance, and justice. Yep. These are all horrible, horrible things. things. Horrible. And there's, there's as Charles Barkley would say, horrible. They're the terrible, terrible, ter- sorry. terrible, terrible. I, I forgot which word it is. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible things. Um, no, I mean even there's even more than 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 the color symbolism. Like the flag itself is supposed to the the red is the 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 blood uh, of the of those that have sacrificed themselves for the country against yep. the white backdrop of the innocence of of those that were um, killed in vain. Um, and then the 50 stars represent each state in the union. The 13 stripes represent the original 13 yes. colonies. So, I mean, there's nothing inherently no. racist no. about the flag. And interesting enough, you know, you said about the blood of Patriots. Somebody actually commented to me about that. And the, the, the fact of the matter was, is that was something that it came to represent. Yeah, it wasn't, later the, original on. It wasn't the original design or original intent of the coloration in the flag. But however, it's come to represent that, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. Nobody put up a fuss about that. You know why? Because we believe in that. Because and another thing, you know, um, the patriots that gave their lives for this country were black, were white. Yes. Were brown. They were Americans. Were, were African or yep. were, um, were Asian American. I hate those terms. Were um, Native American. I don't mind that term because they they are Native Americans. So that, that term I don't mind too much. But you know what's interesting though is that we always talk, you know, over COVID and everything. You know, you heard the phrases "follow the science," "get back to the science," "let's," you know, "look to the science," and all this kind of stuff. Well, if we would let just basic science speak for the majority of Americans, you know what we would come to the conclusion are nobody's different. Nobody's different. No. No, and, and that's the thing is, uh, I think we said it in the last episode, it's all cosmetic. Yes. Um, the differences between us as humans, it's all on the surface. Now, granted, genetics, you know, get yeah. deeper than just simple, you bleed red and, you know, you have a bone sure. structure and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But at the same time is that, you know, the, the idea is, is that uh, the 4th of July is not representative of one singular thing happening. No. You know, this... You know, it's like, you know, they look at the 4th of July and they're like, well, you know, when the 4th of July was originally celebrated, it, you know, at that time there was still slavery in the U.S. and everything and blah, blah, blah. Okay. There was a lot of stuff going on in the country that was wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is the 4th of July represents what the country was originally incepted to be, which is that more perfect union that we talk about. And that more perfect union is as a result of those people giving their lives on the battlefields, you know, afar and domestically for the freedom of all. So, you know, I know that we've had groups of people, you know, ethnicities that have gone through some horrible things in their past within the context of this country, but is, that is not the standard of what the 4th of July stands for. That stands no. for independence of all people. Yep. It's just like uh, Lady Liberty out in the mm-hmm. out in the bay. You know, it's representative. What What's the old phrase? Bring them all. Yeah, I, I, you're tired. I you're hungry. You're, you're tired. Poor, you're hungry. You're, you're poor. You're withered masses. Bring them all, and Bring uh, them all. that has yeah. always been the standard of the U.S. Now, granted, politics aside, you know, you know, there have been debates on how that's managed. 
But at the core, at the very core of everything that the U.S. believes in the, the, the Constitution established and the Declaration of Independence established, aside from the activities of certain individual people up through the history of this country, that doesn't represent the, the principles that this country was established upon. No. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to defame the principles. Yes. They're trying to defame the principles. And, you know, you can't defame the principle. How can you defame an idea that says all men are created equal? And that's what I, I, I will give Biden some credit because he did say recently something that I absolutely 100% agree with. So mark it on the calendar um, the day I agreed with Joe Biden. Um, but he said, he, he said, <laughs> Where's the crickets? Amongst, his, uh, amongst his ramblings and incoherent speech, he said that we're the only country in the world that was founded on an idea. Yeah. And that's true. Yes. Um, and the idea is that all men are created equal. Yes. Even though we couldn't live up to that promise at our founding, we have worked and sacrificed and, and shed blood and shed tears and sweat and, 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 and sacrificed to make sure to keep good on that promise. And it's, it's a fight that we're going to fight forever, but that's what the United States is. Well, I'm just thinking in the context of people that um, come out of, you know, AA and different types of um, drug rehab and that kind of, you know, the, the, the basis, the basis or the underlying premise of a lot of this nonsense that they're throwing out there nowadays in terms of their attempt to defame what the U.S. represents and all that kind of stuff is quite literally akin to somebody coming out of AA or somebody coming out of rehab and then you turning around and telling them you'll never be better than what you were. Exactly. Exactly. Can you imagine the crass and the disgust That's that I would have analogy. for a person that took that kind of tone with somebody coming out of those situations? I'd probably knock their teeth into the oh, back yeah. of their throat. That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. Saying that an alcoholic is... is no good because of the things that he did in his past or, yeah. she, or she did or they did or it did or however you want to classify it in 2021. Um, but the, the point is, is that you're, you're relegating someone to the, 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 the shortcomings that they, they had in the past and you're negating any opportunity for um, reconciliation yeah. or, or, or reaffirming yeah. um, their their commitment to the ideals that we agree with, and I think I think that what you can do is you can look back through history, and America has written some some pretty hefty checks yeah. uh, in order to uh, adhere to the principles that it, that it was founded on and that it was believed in, and millions have died, um, you know, protecting those ideals. Well, if you think about it in context, you know the the, those that were involved in writing the original laws of this country that kind of what essentially what everything else evolved out of um, were essentially like guardrails yeah. for the U.S. They acted as, you know, we would swerve quite a bit at some points in our history on the road, so to speak. Sometimes we'd be driving in the wrong lane. Yeah. Sometimes Absolutely. we would be driving backwards. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we'd be driving drunk or asleep or whatever the case be. But those guardrails are there. That when we hit them, it wakes us up to, it's like, oh, what the hell, you know, and we need to get ourselves kind of back on track here. So to go back to your, to your AA analogy, and I think that's a, that's a great analogy. 
Um, you could think about it this way. The founding fathers woke up in 1775 and realized they had a problem. Yeah. They didn't know how they didn't know how to deal with the problem that they had, but they knew they had a problem. So 1775 was them acknowledging that there was an issue. Slavery itself was an issue well before 1775, but 1775 was them coming together and saying, look, um, all men are created equal. Thomas Jefferson wanted to write an entire paragraph in the Declaration of Independence condemning slavery. Yeah. Um, but it was it was uh, essentially stripped out because they wanted to help hold on to the southern states. But yeah, but essentially the 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 essence of the 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 independence and the war for independence was there this world is not a perfect world. There is a lot of flaws in this world. We need to, to do something now to create a place that's closer to what what needs to be done. Uh, and that's, again, we go back to the, their words when writing the Constitution. In the preamble, it states, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they don't say in order to form a perfect government yeah. or anything like that. They say in order to form a more perfect union. And I'll stress that over and over again. They realize that they're they're men, um, they're humans, for lack of a better term. They're humans, and humans are flawed. Therefore, we're never going to have a perfect union. And that's that's an important uh, philosophical concept. Is that more perfect? You know, the idea to say that somebody's perfect is you can't make such a statement because nobody. You know, the idea is is nobody has ever achieved it. Therefore, no government has ever achieved it because governments are comprised of men and women. Um, So that being the case, to always want to be better than what you are is basically saying a more perfect attempt or making a more perfect attempt or an attempt at being more perfect. And that's what they were saying. Yes. In order for us to be better than we are, we need to establish justice, uh, promote the, the domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and then they just started listing off all the things that they need to do in order to better themselves. Yeah. And that's what the United States is. The United States is not a it's not a document. It's not a even though the Constitution is very important to me, it, the idea of America I think is even more important to me than the Constitution. Yeah, and all the Constitution and Declaration were were just the substantiation of the thoughts that yep. were you know, permeating throughout those that were involved in this process. And the, 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 the thought of the founders was, is if you take a man uh, or woman, I'm just saying a man as in a, a human being, you take a person, a human being, and you leave them to their own devices and you don't interfere and they will succeed. That's just the way it is. If you leave them to their bases and allow them the opportunities to work and and do what they need to do they will succeed so if you get the government and you get get um kings and queens and all that stuff if you get that out of their way then the individual can be stronger than the whole yeah and just to back go back a little bit right before what you started saying about um 
the forefathers and those involved in constructing the original laws of this country, what they understood where they were at at that point. But if you look at it, everything was an uphill intervention. And uh, that's the best way I can put it. If you think about it right before they declared independence, it wasn't like every single state was like, yeah, let's do this. Nope. In fact, it was a fight. In fact, some of one, some of them just acquiesced like New York, New York state was one of the states that acquiesced. It was just like, yep. okay, because okay, everybody fine. else, since is everyone doing, else is doing yeah. South Carolina was quite literally the last of the states, one of the last states to ratify, I think, yep. in that whole process. Um, but, you know, that being said is that it wasn't like a honeymoon. This was not a honeymoon by no measure. You know, yep. and why I say that is because it was the same with regards to slavery. With, you know, you had, you, you, you got past this point where now we've gotten past, you know, throwing off the chains of Britain in a manner of speaking. And now we're at a point where we need to start looking at our own selves and our own construction and, you know, how this country is going to be made up and how it's going to work and blah, blah, blah. And so immediately they saw another uphill intervention that was going to happen. They had states that were for it and states that weren't for it. You had this huge diversity of opinion with regards to that. And so what did they do? They threw it to the states. Yep. to decide whether or not it was the thing to do because they knew that the battle was in the states. They yep. knew that that's where the battle would be won. So they let the states decide which, where they were going to stand with regards to these particular issues. So it's not like they gave up on fighting against it. It's just they did it a lot more smartly. They did it the only way that at that point they realized that they could have done it, yeah, it was given, almost... given the, the, the pushback that they were getting from, from some of the more southern states in that regard. It was almost like they stepped back and said, okay, um, first we have to liberate ourselves from Britain. Once we liberate ourselves, then we can have a conversation about um, the liberation of the human race. Yeah. Uh, but first... We have to break these chains with Britain because as long as we're under British rule, yeah. we'll never be able to do anything yeah. about slavery. Um, so they kicked the can down the road, so to speak, which you can argue whether it was a smart idea or a dumb idea. But obviously we're here. Yeah. So it worked in the long run. Um, there, but it's a black eye. Yeah. You, you know, there, there's valid arguments on both sides of the aisle with regards to why it happened the way it did. So again, that more perfect union union, yep, the idea absolutely. that there was nothing perfect being done at that time. There were, they were still human beings that were making decisions based off of what they knew. Yep. And so could they have done better? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, could have I done better? Probably not. No, um, absolutely. Not. I'm not going to assume that had I been in their shoes that I would have, made better decisions than they would have. I don't know. But at the same time, what where this is going is 4th of July. In my estimations, the United States is a layered cake. And you have a lot of layers to that cake. And you have a lot of holidays representing those layers. So we just officially you know, established Juneteenth as one of those layers of cake. Just like we've established Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter or MLK Day or the President's Day or Flag Day or any other number of holidays that we celebrate. I think the topper, I think the topper on that cake, because every cake has a topper, especially mm -hmm. at a wedding or whatever the case may be. Yep. Every cake has a topper. I think that topper is the 4th of July. And it should be. And I think that the 4th of July is not an affront to any other holiday. I think it's more or less an umbrella in which under which other holidays come under. Juneteenth is part of 4th of July. 
Uh, Technically, yes. That's what I'm getting, yep. and that's what I'm getting at. The Juneteenth is just a, a separate celebration of what the Fourth of for July those, represents for those. So, so I, if I'm understanding what you're saying, so Juneteenth is a celebration of uh, Black freedom uh, that they that they won their freedom, yes, um, and and that they deserve their freedom, and then Fourth of July encompasses the celebration of yes. everybody's freedom because understand that juneteenth is a is isolated to us the u.s yes this is not a holiday that represents the uk or europe or any other nation throughout the entire world whether it, uh, other nations decide to celebrate it is up to them i told you before that i discovered that some countries in the eu were celebrating the fourth of Fourth july, of july. yep i was which just gonna say was that. interesting to me but i'm just saying that hong kong the the Juneteenth, Fourth of July. This isn't to say that any of the other holidays are less than the Fourth of July. It's just to say that the Fourth of July is like bullet point number one, and then your subheaders. Yes. So, and it doesn't make anything under that that primary point any less important. It just adds to it. Yep. And I think Juneteenth adds to the Fourth of July. I think MLK adds to the Fourth of July. I think Easter, and I think Flag Day, and I think all the other holidays, whether they be ethnically culturally motivated or whatever the case be in one way shape or form push or pull into the idea or are pulled into the idea of what the fourth of july represents so when somebody makes an affront like when somebody says the flag should be burned or when somebody says the flag is a representation of slavery to me what they're saying is that juneteenth is invalid to me they're saying that pride you know celebrations are invalid to me they're saying that you know, religious liberty is invalid. To me, that they're saying that uh, people's opinions, whether they be conservative, liberal, or somewhere in the middle, are invalid. That's what it says to me. When you have Macy Gray, in all her wisdom, saying that the, the flag needs to be rethought out and redesigned, to me, she's basically spitting on what all these other groups and people have fought for under the header of what the 4th of July represents. Yeah. You know, I agree. so I, that's why I take an affront to somebody, you know, whether it's inadvertent, you know, and with regards to Evanston and why they decided to do what they do, I don't, I don't have all the details as to why that happened. If, if it's a legit reason, fine, whatever the case be. But at the same time, the way that reads, especially in light of all the context and in light of all the politicizing that's going on nowadays, don't do that crap. Yeah. Don't yeah, do no, that crap. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Let let the stop stop putting this stuff into the hands of these committees because half the time they do what they feel is best and not what the community wants. And if we're talking about representatives of a community, they're supposed to be the voice of the people, not the voice of themselves. Yeah. And and that's what bothers me with a lot of these committees is that they don't represent the holistic body of individuals and ultimately they're putting out this message that you know we don't give a shit about the US and now we're getting inundated you know going in further into 2021 we're just getting pounded and inundated with these ideas that the US is racist inherently racist and i don't believe that one iota not at all I, and i you know to be honest with you i don't think the majority of americans believe that either no and you're starting to see the results of that the pushback on the critical race theory um, african americans especially i oh, i keep catching myself saying that Black Americans, uh, especially, um, are pushing back on critical race theory because yes. it essentially negates everything that Martin Luther King ever taught. 
Um, his his theory and the, and the correct theory, in my view, is that it, that the color of your skin makes no difference at all. It should be judged. You should be judged upon the content of your character. Yes. And the critical race theory just bends that on its ear and saying that no, race is the only thing that matters. Um, and 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 just because of the color of your skin, you're inherently racist or you're inherently a victim. And the the black community, it doesn't play well to them because they they remember uh, Selma. They remember the marches. They remember Dr. King and his speeches, and they remember um, the 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 sentiment that came out of that fight. And it wasn't that America is the most racist place yeah. in the history of the planet. It's the exact the exact opposite. Frederick Douglass said that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were the two strongest anti-slavery documents exactly. ever to be written. Um, and it, th- those arguments need to be made. A defense of the founders needs to be had. And, and it's not to say that they were perfect people without flaws. They had their, they had their downfalls and they had their, their warts and their scars. Uh, but their, the ideas that they propagated and the, the documents that they formed laid the foundation for the freedom of those slaves and the, 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 the historical corrections that we've gone through since then. And I don't think that we're to the point yet where we can say that the wrongs of the past have been righted, uh, but we're definitely, we made a turn in the right direction and we're traveling down the right road. Yes. Um, And, you know, there may be some potholes and there may be some detours along the way, but we're going in the right direction. What gets me too, and I'm not, not that I can speak for, you know, anybody except myself, but by and large, I, I look at some of the testimony from people that actually came up through the Jim Crow days, people that actually suffered. I actually got to see John Lewis uh, in person years ago in Arkansas during a speech that he gave. And I had an enormous amount of respect for this man, despite you know the fact that I disagreed with some of his political affiliations and whatnot. But I had an extreme amount of respect for him. Um, this being said is that you know, I look at what a lot of the people coming through that time period that saw this firsthand, that probably saw the hoses and the dogs and, you know, the military and, you know, having to have military hold back crowds of people as you take your child to school, you know, because when they started to integrate the schools and whatnot, I, nobody can understand that better than the people that were there. But listening to some of these people testify to some of those events, even they will, have, will, will admit you know, very blatantly that they disagree with the direction that the country is going in. And and I'm not saying that's every single one of these no. people. I'm just saying by and large, what I've seen, it seems to indicate that people are against the direction that the country is going nowadays with regards to trying to get everyone to believe that the U.S. is just inherently racist, that everything has been predicated on the skin color of a white guy. You know, it's just... It's just absolute insanity. And then you've got our U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Um, there was this there was this cartoon that was put out. I don't know Thank if you God saw. God, he's it. not a Supreme Court I, justice. <laughs> but he, there's this cartoon where it has uh, a, a caption that says "A city near you" with flames in the background. And then it has yep. these guys in the hoods, Antifa, radical Islam, and BLM. And then you have Merrick talking to them as they're causing these flames and these fires and all this kind of stuff. And he says, white supremacy is the number one threat in the homeland. So if you see something, say something. And then it has this list called the Garland list. And it says Trump supporters, conservatives, black conservatives, libertarians, gun owners, people against critical race theory. The point of it is, is that we have a body elect that is quite literally trying to navigate 
uh, or trying to build out this narrative that everything that is right, everything that is original is should be completely flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, to approach it from the perspective that everything, every single idea that this U.S. that the U.S. has been founded upon is an idea that can be attributed to some white guy, and by the simple association of him to a skin color, it invalidates the idea. Even though you just put up that Frederick Douglass and MLK himself and others in their lines, Booker T. Washington and many others who have served in Congress throughout the many of years have established that the ideas that this country represents are the very ideas that are going to bring us back to that more perfect union however we have the other side of that aisle that is saying that all it's going to do is destroy us if we keep going down this road and that's that's the rhetoric that's being spouted out like it's truth like it's gospel or whatever the case be and there it's just absolute grotesque lies is what it is absolutely absolutely i couldn't i couldn't agree more that that um what we're what we're seeing today is we're seeing a war for the culture of america and and the only way that they're going excuse me the only way that they're going to uh, win over the um, the cultural elite yeah. is to, to to kind of drown out this this well-known theory that America is the home of the brave and the land of the free and if you can flip that on its ear and make it seem like we're the evil the evil um, uh, whatever you want to call it, the evil axis of Satan, uh, <laughs> however you want to put it. it, it if, if we can make us out to be that way, then it's easier to destroy us from the inside. I honestly believe that it's more Russia and China pushing this propaganda through Twitter and Facebook and kind of pitting us against each other than it is anything else. Well, I mean, after the whole Swalwell incident with the, the Chinese spy that he was sleeping with. Or- yes. Uh, dingling or whatever the case be, you know, we don't know, you know, he still is in office. I don't know why in the earth somebody that gets put so close to the enemy's doorstep, you know, is allowed to retain his title in office. Yeah. I, I I don't understand. Well, to me, it looks like it's more of a, because of the side you're on. Uh, sort of thing. It seems like no, no, yeah. no Democrats ever get in trouble for anything ever. Um, but it, but as soon as a, as soon as a Republican uh, steps a toe outside of a chalk line or something like that, then then they're they're massacred. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that people yeah. shouldn't be held accountable. Yeah. But that accountability should be applied with a broad brush on both sides. Well, it's it even like be, it's even like with Manchin recently, you know, he's been getting so much flack because of the whole voter ID laws that they've been trying to push through. And he's, he's very much for the filibuster and he's very much for, uh, I guess because the little guy needs a voice too. Yeah. And I'm just thinking though, is like Manchin is being labeled as, you know, a racist and a white supremacist. What would they call him a dino? Yeah. Instead of a rhino or a Democrat and, yeah, they're 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 saying that he's a they're sa- well. I guess the old term for it would have been blue dog, but that yeah. doesn't even apply anymore. No, he's just he's just not willing to drive over the cliff. Yeah, is what it is. And there's always that sentiment that, um, you know, uh, it's not that people will. Uh, p- nobody's going to stand up and fight a war. It's just that there's going to be a group of people that refuse to go over the cliff with the rest of society. And he's just one of those people. He just refuses to say, Hey, look, you know, someday 
we may not be in the position of power and we're not going to like it when Republicans yeah. steamroll everything through. That's not the way this government's supposed to work. And more, more to more to the point, uh, they have every every way that they can to get this voter ID. Uh, the yeah. the the um, what do they call that? S one or whatever the vote yeah. the H one or whatever it is the the universal uh, voting law. He says that you you can't have a voting law that that is partisan. And if if Democrats shove this down down the American people's throats, they're going to see it as an overt act. They're not going to see it as a bipartisan act. And therefore, they're going to think that the elections are partisan and you're never going to establish trust in the system ever again. And he makes great points. It's not that he disagrees that that there should be some sort of um, election reform. He just doesn't think that it should be done by one party. He might be more of a libertarian than he thinks he is. But yeah. You know, the thing of it is, is that I, I think the libertarian, the middle, I would hope that in some degree from all this mess that's happened back and forth between Republican and Democrats, that that middle would start to grow yeah. stronger and get a backbone and, you know, start to grow a spine that holds back these, you know, in truth, the Democrats and the Republic's, Republicans have become the fringes. Yes. I'm not saying that everybody that's in a, the Democrat Party is a fringe and everybody that's in the Republican Party is a fringe. I'm just it saying it appears that way. It appears that way because that's how the media would paint it. It appears that way for either, sure. And, you know, and that's the thing. It's like either one is painted as right and one is painted as wrong. And it's always been that 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 procedure. There's never been any middle ground. Not to say that there hasn't been agreement and partisan agreements across the board that we haven't heard about. It's just that's the stuff doesn't get talked about because yeah. we'd prefer to have everybody ready to stab each other in the throat yep. than to have things actually progressing in the right direction, you know, because people are working together and it's like, Oh yeah, I might be wrong on this, but let's talk about it. You know, instead of taking that route, you know, everybody's right. Everybody else is wrong. You know, it's just, it's bullshit is really what it comes down to. And you can see that the, 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 the middle is starting to widen too. Because you have people like Bill Maher that are that are very left. He's surprising me. Yeah, yeah. and he's he's really coming out like saying, "Hey, look, you, you know, uh, say what you want, but we can't we can't just be silencing people. Uh, cancel culture, excuse me, man. Cancel culture is is an epidemic right now. We you, you just can't live like that. Comedians yeah. can't do shows like Jerry Seinfeld said years ago that he just doesn't do college campuses anymore because yeah. he doesn't want to end up on the news or for something yeah. he said that was that somebody found offensive. It's just you can't have you can't have a society that runs this way. No, and and uh, like you can see the middle starting to gap up because of Bill Maher and then John Stewart the other day on yeah. That on, was awesome. On, uh, on Colbert coming out and his whole lab leak rant. Um, <laughs> he lost it on the He did. <laughs> and, 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 and the whole thing was is like Colbert, uh, Colbert didn't know what to do. Uh, you could tell that he was awkward because Colbert knows that he's not supposed to say that kind of stuff. Well, Colbert got started because of Stuart. So because Colbert Stuart, wouldn't yes. be a thing if it wasn't for Stuart. Exactly. So. so he knows he couldn't say anything about it. But he said stuff like, oh, since so when did you... When did you start working for Ron Johnson's office and things like that? It's like trying to make him sound yeah. like he's a crazy conspiracy theorist yeah. now because he, all he did was say, "Hey, look, um, the 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 novel corona the novel corona respiratory virus started in Wuhan, China. There's a lab called the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab." You know what cracked me up about that whole segment though is just the the audience participation. Yes, like they found it funny. 
and they found it, they probably were like, ah. Yeah. You know, a little bit of relief. Like, you know, oh, somebody said it. Somebody, somebody's finally just like trying to take a middle road on this and be like, you know, this could be a possibility that these people are a bunch of deranged fuckers that are, exactly. you know, that possibly. Now, I don't know for sure what happened. I We talked about this at length a couple weeks ago, we did. but, but at the same theory. time, there's a lot of, a lot of but potential the guilt that, there that the we don't that know. People were banned from Facebook yeah. for even mentioning it. I was banned. I was banned for a week from yeah. Facebook. For simply saying, oh, well, this probably could have come from a lab. That's not that big of a stretch. Yeah. We've had lab leaks here in the United States. It happened on uh, an anthrax uh, leak in Russia. There was a there was a lab leak in the United States and out of the North Carolina lab where where uh, I think anthrax got out or something like that. Yeah. They, these leaks happen. It's not some stretch, but yeah. to say that it's impossible. Well, yeah, the, yeah, and that's what we got to is the fact mm, that you know it's, maybe it's a pigeon mated with a a pangolin. <laughs> maybe a pangolin <laughs> kissed a turtle. <laughs> turtle. And, and then that was like sneezed in my chili. <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome. It, it was. It was the best way to go about it is to introduce humor because if you can get if you can get the other side to laugh, Reagan knew that. Yep. I mean, I, for all Reagan's faults, Reagan knew how to get people to talk, yep. and it was through humor. And I think that was that's a uh, something that we've lost in Absolutely the last couple of years lost. is the ability just to laugh at ourselves a bit. You know, and it's not to say that China intentionally released this into the public, although that's kind of up in the air now as to whether or not that's the case because they've been so freaking zipper lipped with everything, anything and everything that has anything to do with that lab that God only knows what they're hiding at yep. this point. So, you know, the more you become deceitful about something, the the less people are going to trust the truth. Yep. You know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You can, <laughs> you know, eventually you're going to get eaten because you were too stupid to tell us to begin with. But the, isn't it crazy though, that it took, John Stewart losing it yeah. on the Colbert report. And, and he was, it was funny, but it, he was, now they're eating him up. Yeah, now well, they're turning course. on John Stewart because he said something that's outside of well, the, like the uh, acceptable narrative. Well, it's like the Washington post. You saw that, yep. didn't you? Yeah. They, the Washington post. Who's always been like, you know, you got these magazines that constantly put, uh, in in their articles, the opinions of various celebrities and talking heads, you know, from various walks of life, and then they turn around in this article, post what, post what John. Mm, I guess celebrities aren't reliable after exactly. all. Exactly. So they change their tune as soon as something. But is it wasn't different. But, it wasn't. But four months ago, they were they were putting on Twitter about how The Rock says it's important to wear a mask. Yeah. So so. Celebrities acting as scientists is okay as long as it fits your narrative. But as soon as they say something that 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 uh, brushes against your beliefs, then you don't want to hear it anymore. And this is why the Fourth of July is important because the Fourth of July represents people on the left being able to say what they believe, people on the right being able to say what they believe, people in the middle being able to say what they believe, and everybody's still getting along. Yeah. We need more comedians. Comedians themselves are the ones that need to need to start stepping up and not being afraid to say things. You make if you make people laugh, we're going to get past this stupid cancel culture bullcrap. Uh, we'll be able to 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 someday wake up and not have to worry about if I tell a joke, am I going to end up, uh, you know, canceled and jobless? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's been it's gotten pretty vindictive. It's gotten pretty. Uh, almost like uh, vendetta, like you know, with regards to, 
you know, somebody finds something that you tweeted or some, you know, and now they're digging back into your history, like 20, yeah, 30, 20, 40 30 years. years. It's like, I was drunk and I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, but apparently that's relevant 40 years later. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's very, it's very immature. It's, it's, it's vendetta. It's, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, the, you know, this country is not built on the idea that we, we go after people for, you know, it's like you started to say the, the actions of the past do not negate the accomplishments of the future. Exactly. And, and vice versa, you know, in the same way, it's like the accomplishments of the past are not negated by the failures of the future. The, it goes both directions. You can't, you can't measure the past uh, according to the present and you can't measure the present according to the past. Yeah. Uh, where we, well, you sort of can, but only to gauge how far you've come. You can't, you can't look back at the past and say, oh, well, that's what America is. Yeah. Because they did these things in the past. Well, it's like, I'll make a dumb example. Bill Cosby. Yeah. Bill Cosby has always been seen as American, America's dad. He was kind of like, you know, he was kind of like the ideal dad. You know, he was the, the guy who was funny, who always was wise about life and, you know, knew how to, you know, gauge his kids and all that kind of stuff appropriately and blah, blah, blah. Well, then we come to find out that America's dad's been diddling, you know, 50 some odd, you know, people, people throughout. Ridiculous. Now, does that make what he said in the past any less worth? No. But does he get held accountable for what he did now or what they find out? Yes. He still gets hold, held accountable. But I think what it is, is that we are taking things that should be relegated to of smaller consequence and then elevating them to this is the worst thing that you could have ever done. I agree. You know what I mean? Is It's almost like you said an off-color comment once in your life 20 years ago. You know, somehow that's now equated to Hitler going in and throwing Jews into Auschwitz. Yes. You know, yeah. it's it's like apples and oranges. We're trying to compare two things that have no relevance or no connection to each other, and yet we're trying to hold people accountable for that. But back to 4th of July. 4th of July 4th represents of July. the ability to be, to be able to come in to a country uh, where – even though you've had failures in your past, you still have opportunities. And that's the thing about the prison system. We talked about that at length, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, is that, you know, even in the prison system, people should have the opportunity to even excel from those situations. You know, the prison system has almost become a one, a one, uh, you know, a dead it's end a road. It's a revolving door. It, is it, what it, is. it should be a revolving door, but for some people it's become a dead end stop. But you know what I'm saying is that, you know, even if it's a correctional system, the U.S. has a prison system that doesn't say once you commit a crime, you'll never be considered for anything ever again. And that's how China treats its people, is that if you're a religious defector or if you're a person that speaks out or if you're a person that does something contrary to what the CCP believes philosophically, if they put you in prison, suddenly you're never seen or heard from ever again. You'll never hold a job. You'll never have any wealth. You'll never see your family or whatever the case be because of something you said that they don't agree with. And that's exactly what the 4th of July represents is that we're saying, go fuck yourselves, China, yeah. because we believe people have a right in this country to believe what they believe, even if we don't agree with it. We, we believe in second chances yes. in the United States. Um, I think that's a good place to, <clears throat> to end it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at PA Between the Lines. You can find us on Twitter at the BTL Podcast. You can also visit our website, thebtlpodcast.com. 
Um, so again, uh, today's episode was really just we're we're starting to see a trend of anti-American in America, and that's that's a scary place to be uh, because America is the great last hope uh, for the world. And any immigrant that's ever lived under socialism, fascism, communism, um, any of those isms, um, they'll tell you that once they come to America, they realize what freedom really means and they weep. Um, and I'm happy to have those people here. Uh, so again, you can find us on Facebook at the BTL podcast on Twitter at the P at, at the BTL podcast and at the BTL podcast.com. Um, so everyone have a great week. Um, we will see you again next week, which actually is going to be 4th of July weekend. Yeah, we're looking forward um, to that. Hopefully we'll be able to do a live show. Um, we're hoping on July 3rd, um, we'll do a live show at the 4th of July party. Um, we'll have some wine and some words. Um, and see, um, see. What I don't know what kind do. of words will evolve out of the wine, but uh, we'll have words. <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, at any rate, they may be slurred a little bit. We don't know, but oh, uh, I love America. <laughs> I love people. I hope to ha- that everyone tunes in next week for our Fourth of July episode. Um, but until then, everyone have a great week. Be good to yourselves and each other. Have a great week. Yep. Bye bye. Bye.